the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along. A blustery sure is. Thursday Holy afternoon cow. here in the city of Pittsburgh. Blustery indeed. I mean, I start worrying about the, the trees around my house and my neighbors and... Uh, you know, a big tree crashing into your house. Blustery. Um, I wonder if the spare room could take off. Now, when, you know how much I despise, like my least favorite movie of all time is The Wizard of Oz. Which is a shame. The Wizard of Oz. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Sorry for you. Yeah, because it traumatized me as a child. You know, the whole like, you know, witch and the whole storm thing. And they stole her dog. Anyway, um, did her house go with her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the entire okay. house. The whole house. And so went. she's flying. You know, the house is twirling. Yeah. And at first she kind of like, you know, falters. And then she goes over to the window. And that's where you see all these incredible things. Scenes from her life. Friends, family members. The horrible the, woman on the bicycle. Yes. Kidnapping yes, the dog. Yes. Why is this a is. children's movie? It's a great movie. It's terrible. Still, it's, it's the worst ever. Blustery day. I would say, uh, what's a cinnamon synonym for um, a, a synonym synonym for blustery? What would the windy, windy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, gusty, gusty mm-hmm. is great, very mm-hmm. good as well. What, what what's that? Harry, Harry. Oh, Harry? how about oh airy, airy. Oh airy. I thought you said Harry. <laughs> it's a little hairy outside. It's a little shaky. Yeah, yeah. breezy. Right, it's a breezy day. Anyway, all right, enough of that. Synonyms and Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Let's take a look at the news as we always do. Kath, please uh, join us now with the top four at four. All righty, for Thursday, April 29th, 2021. Number one. In his first address to a joint session of Congress last night, President Joe Biden unveiled his 1.8 trillion, I did say it, trillion trillion American families plan, which would raise taxes on high-income Americans, as he says, to pay for universal pre-K and community college, subsidized child care, family leave programs, and tax cuts for lower earners. According to today's dispatch, Biden seemed to enjoy returning to the place he called, quote, almost home speaking for nearly 65 minutes about the first 100 days of his presidency and what he envisions coming next. Biden currently has a plus 12 net approval rating from voters, which is better than Trump's minus 10 at this point in his presidency, but worse than George W. Bush's and Barack Obama's plus 28. Republican Senator Tim Scott offered the GOP rebuttal to the president's address. Very nice. Did you catch any of the address? I forgot it was on. Okay. I caught it on the radio for about five minutes. Okay. I just want to apologize to everybody. That's all right. Number two. The aforementioned Biden administration announced plans to push for a ban on menthol cigarettes, a product that has long been the target of anti-smoking advocates and civil rights activists who say the industry has aggressively marketed to black Americans. 
According to USA Today, the cigarette ban would not require congressional approval, but the FDA would have to submit proposed rules and seek public comment. A final ban could take years and would likely be challenged in court by the tobacco industry, which has repeatedly sued the FDA to block anti-tobacco regulation. Very interesting case. Number three, Houston drivers, pretty surprised yesterday, when a cow and an alligator slowed traffic down when they strolled onto a highway and a bridge, respectively, in two separate incidents. Mm. I'm happy to report, all of you, that there were no injuries to the cow and only one fender bender between drivers shocked, of course, to see the bovine on the highway. The cow was rescued, though, a short time later, and the owner was on the scene to take her home. The alligator also okay, people, though he did completely shut down a bridge. Shut it down. Mm -hmm. Officers then placed a rope around the alligator's neck and held it down to tape its mouth closed before loading him onto a truck bed. To everyone's relief, he was later released smoothly, the alligator that is, this time under the bridge. And number four, the official opening of Kennywood is May 8th. The trip reports that they'll be operating with limited days and hours. Most rides should be working at Kennywood, with the exception of the Sky Coaster, Noah's Ark, and a couple indoor play zones. There will be seven stations, listen to this, John, offering dishes inspired by the Caribbean, by Chinese, French, German, Italian, Japanese, and Mexican cuisine. There'll be entertainment Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, and school picnics, community, and heritage days, celebrate America, and the fall fantasy parades back. Kennywood will also recognize the centennial for the Jackrabbit in its 101st year. The pandemic prevented a party for the wooden coaster, which is the fifth oldest operating coaster in the world. Sandcastle and Idlewild will open May 29th. And that, my friends, is your top four. Okay, so the question is, if I'm on the aforementioned Jackrabbit, yeah. Thunderbolt, the racer, uh-huh. will I have to wear... A mask. A mask. Yeah, that's not I'm on a roller coaster. Right. That was Hell, not included. You better not have to. I COVID. mean, come on. There's COVID there. I'm going around the bend. Yeah. Right. I don't know. For goodness sake. Um, the kangaroo apparently is gone. been gone, right? Right. The kangaroo. I, so that's destroyed my will to live. The kangaroo. And I think the parachutes as well. Yep. How can that be? It's horrible. Those are like legacy rides. Every, just, I mean, every it's kid. It's just a sign of the coming apocalypse. That's all I can say about it. You start off on the on the kangaroo as a, as a big you kid. You always right? start on the kangaroo. Right? You're like five. Come on, right. we get on a big ride now. And We've you can ride with mom and dad and your sibs and everybody, and we can all laugh, and it's silly. Yeah. And despite, you know, my little spinny head thing, that problem there, I still love the parachute. I know. I've, I oh, like I, I don't think I could ride that anymore. But I, I certainly either. certainly in my pre-vertigo days, I loved yeah. the heck out of it. Because, you know, that was one of the rides like, you know, in your you think uh, this thing goes flying at this moment. Oh, yes. The ride will break and I'll go flying into the air. And, you and would, would I make body. it to the would I make it to the racer? Or I could grab onto the tree and everything will be okay. Right. I, I, mm-hmm. It was contingency we plans. Thought all, I, we apparently had similar thoughts. While you're riding. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. The unfortunate aspect of my imminent death, how will I rescue myself <laughs> as I enjoy myself at Kennywood? My last, blue sec- my last few seconds are going to be very exciting. Right. Oh, and by the way, is that a cow? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's our show for today. Thanks for coming along. Okay. All right. That's it. No, we're kidding. There's a lot more coming up. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Jerry Boyer will be with us today. And uh, we're going to talk about what it means to be a stockholder with a conscience. That's next. Thursday edition. Right home.
WRRT, the station with Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music every weekend. With the best new music. New New music. New music from Ryan Stevenson. When We Fall Apart. Is when we fall apart. Yes, he can. By Kane. Oh, yes, he can. And This World Is Not My Home from Brandon Murphy. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. Hey, it's Laura Story, and I'm excited to invite you to join me along with Salem Media Group and our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, this August on an amazing cruise to Alaska. Alaska is a truly spectacular place to draw close to God. It's filled with ice blue glaciers, rugged mountains, and untamed wildlife. God's majesty is constantly on display, and I'm praying that he will use our time to do something truly significant in your life this year. Soak in breathtaking landscape as we worship and go deeper into God's word as a compass for our time together. I hope you will join me, Alistair Begg, and Michael O'Brien from August 28th through September 4th. Call 855 855- Five six five 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 one nine, or go online to deeperfaithcruise.com to register worry-free until June 8th. That's deeperfaithcruise.com. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning think deeply and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation robinson township christian school now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org sadly in 2020 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car a child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than in adults, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle can lead to their death very quickly. If you see a child left unattended and can't locate their parents, call 911. If the child looks unresponsive, do whatever it takes to get him or her out safely, including breaking the window. Your actions may save the life of a child. Brought to you by NHTSA. Light of Life's former CEO Craig Schweiger's career has always revolved around home. From Federated Mortgage in Pittsburgh providing mortgages for satisfied homeowners to bringing a new home for our city's homeless, Craig is now providing free education to seniors about reverse mortgages. Listen to Craig's show, Home is Where the Heart Is, where mortgage meets ministry. Saturday, Craig welcomes Jarrell Gilliam, Executive Director of Light of Life, plus shares trustworthy insight about reverse mortgages for seniors. Home is Where the Heart Is, Saturday mornings at 7 on 101.5 FM WORD. Economist Jerry Boyer is back with us. Jerry's latest book is called The Maker Versus the Takers. What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice and Economics. Jerry, welcome back. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. How are you? Excellent. Really good, Jerry. Always a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, you've um, really done an interesting exercise with corporate America recently. Tell us the beginning of this tale, please. Well, for a long time, the conversation that Christians have been having about um, investment has really focused on what we're against um, and on separating ourselves from uncleanness or sin by screening out companies which have sin in them. Um, and, you know, that's a, that's a kind of a, an impulse that I think I can understand, 
you know, why we'd have that impulse. It's kind of in our DNA a little bit, that separatism. But I don't think it's really following the main example of Jesus, who really did not shy away from having all sorts of social dealings with all sorts of different um, people, um, including, you know, some that involved financial support. So, hey Jerry, let me you know, let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you for a second. Let's talk about a couple examples so the listeners can kind of know concretely what we're talking about. The first one that comes to my head is we're going to this was maybe two years ago. We're going to boycott Target because they put unisex bathrooms in. Right. Or we're going right. to so, stop our Netflix membership because of the uh, cuties uh, show that they were airing. Yes. Great examples. Uh, so they are a lot of grassroots Christians. They boycott as customers. Actually, what I think is they say they're going to boycott as customers, and then they don't, or they boycott for a very short mm. space of time while they're angry. And then you can, you can watch Got the financial uh, statements of these companies, and the revenues come roaring back pretty quickly. Um, now, that also works its way into investing. You know, At some point, someone says, you know, Netflix – that might be in your 401k or your IRA. Oh, well, sell it, right? Um, and because they did that thing, or you know, which, whichever you know, whichever issue we're talking about, someone has a gay pride day, or you can download. You know, you, I don't want Apple in my portfolio because people buy Apple phones, and you can download pornography on your Apple phone. Therefore, the company, some of these revenues are from porn. Therefore, you shouldn't own it. Um, and therefore, you're not being a good Christian if you own the S&P or the Dow or one of these broad indices because there's sin money in there, right? That's that's something that's mm-hmm. out there a lot. Sin money. And people ask me about that, starting with Christianity Today, asked me about that in 2008. And I said, that sounds more like the Pharisee model than the Jesus model. Hmm. And so they asked me, what's the Jesus model? And I said, the Jesus model is it's the sick who need, who need the doctor, not the well, um, and that we should be maximizing our engagement with companies that are straying uh, rather than minimizing our engagement, that we're retreating uh, with, I think, something that is a false idea of holiness. Um, The biblical idea of holiness as coming from Jesus is what comes out of you, out of your heart and into your life, um, determines whether you're clean or unclean. Uh, The Pharisee idea is what came into you, not what came out of you, but what comes into you. Um, So if you have lunch with a tax collector, the tax collector's money is coming from ill-gotten gains. Therefore, you can't have lunch with a tax collector. And that was the criticism made of Jesus. Um, so, um, you know, I set out to start talking to companies that are in the, in the, in the portfolio, my personal portfolio or in, in some of the companies that um, – some of the funds that I'm involved with um, to basically say, in this case, this week I've been asking a number of comp- companies, um, why did you endorse the Equality Act? You say that you believe in diversity, including some even say religious diversity, but the Equality Act severely undermines religious liberty by taking – it doesn't just add um, homosexuality or transsexuality to the list of civil rights protected categories. It goes a a step further and says you cannot use the Religious Freedom Restoration Act to appeal um, in this particular case. So it's – significantly turning down the dial on religious liberty. And so asking, asking these companies this question is a way of forcing the debate. It might be a debate they don't want to have, but it's a debate that hasn't really been a debate up until now. Only one side has been showing up. So we do a lot of complaining about corporate life, about some people call woke capitalism. Our friend David French has mentioned that. 
all right, I, I don't find complaining very helpful. Um, I, I prefer to get involved and start talking to these people and see if we can influence them in the right direction. Yeah. Okay. So then you show up, Jerry, at a shareholder meeting, right? So this is the season for shareholder meetings. And because you own a percentage of stock, you own any stock in any of these companies, you buy that association, you are allowed to ask a question, right? Yes. Um, And by the way, one share does it. That's all you need. One share. Only one share. Um, Okay. Only one share. Um, now institutionally, um, you know, the, the stake that, that, um, we're involved in is significantly larger than that, but you don't have to have a large stake in order to speak at the annual meeting. So, so, so. I attended the Exelon and I attended Exelon. I attended Ameriprise. I attended Cigna, um, and, uh, um, Corning today. Um, and on Friday, I'm planning to attend AT&T. Um, and I've, I've talked with uh, Corning about the Equality Act and also, uh, there are press reports that Corning, in their diversity training, has been talking about a new category. Not only do we have something called white privilege, um, but now we have something called religious privilege. Uh, it, that is, quote, if you are part of a certain religion, they don't specify which religion that is. I think we know which religion it is. Uh, I don't think uh, <laughs> that confers on you a certain privilege in the workplace. I don't think they're talking about the Sikhs. Um, uh, I think they're talking about us. But I'm asking them that. I want to know what religion you're talking about. Um, and, and what does it mean to have that privilege? And people don't take that as a compliment. So you're marginalizing people who hold to this religion. And you're alienating customers. And is this really what you should be about as an insurance company? Okay, so then at these shareholder meetings, which I believe now, of course, even more so are held virtually, everyone is in this room, and you, by, you know, just uh, writing in your question, right, you're typing in your question to a moderator, people who are running the meeting, they're obligated to answer any and all questions that come their way, right? That's the protocol. Um, They are pre-committed to answer questions, but they can dodge them at the meeting. Um, and I just, you know, I, I don't want to say more because some of these conversations are off the record. Um, but when I asked about the Equality Act, in none of these cases was that question taken on live um, by the uh, CEO. So that question was dodged. So then I followed up and said, why was that question dodged? And there are some cases where it is really odd, where the uh, chairman of the meeting said, there are no more questions. And I'm there in the portal, you know, yeah, there's another question. You didn't answer my question. And I took a screenshot so they can't deny it. Um, And it is an uncomfortable question, um, especially now that there's beginning to be a backlash against excessive politicization by these companies. But as far as I know, all of these companies are almost all of them promised that they'll answer in writing. Uh, So you can force them to say something given their own policies. So we can force the debate. Do I expect to win the debate? No, um, I don't. Do I expect to have some vote reversing these policies? No, I don't. But I do expect to be able to download to them our point of view, make them aware of us, and over time have an influence. But I I think this is a long game, and it's a longer game because for the past 30 years, only one side has been playing, and we have some catch-up to do. Jerry Boyer is with us. Jerry's an economist. He's an author as well. We'll talk about his new book as well. But Jerry, uh, so the point is here, you're not trying to be a nudge. You're not trying to stir the pot because that that does happen, right? At shareholder meetings, people have a particular political or social point. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's almost all nudges from the left. Um, it's almost, a lot of it is people who bought one share so they could come and you know be cranks or you know or be political activists. So I'm making clear. Um, I'm a money manager. I like your company. You know, or we like your company. How do you know? Because we invested in you. You know, we think you have a good chance of giving us a good return over time, or you know that our, that the, there's a higher probability of getting um, a reasonable rate of return. So this is, hey, you run the business well. Maybe stick to the day job. Maybe you know, don't get in the middle of a culture war because some Twitter mob you know pokes you, like you mentioned Target. <laughs> Uh, you know, they were poked by the Twitter mob, mob and they um, canceled a book. They said, we're not going to sell Abigail Schreier's book um, about transsexuality. Um, now, I talked to them. Other people talked to them, and they actually reversed that decision. Um, so it is possible to have an influence. So we're trying to get them to say, to think, wait a minute, will there be a backlash? Maybe we should think twice before we just listen to the first group, which is always from a certain point of view. It's always the LGBTQ point of view. Rather than waiting until the you know middle America gets mad, you know, and then kind of pushes back, because once middle America is kind of awakened, then it's awakened, um, and it's really hard to get get us to go back to sleep again. Jerry, talk about why a company like Exelon, or Cigna, or Ameriprise is making any comment about the Equality Act at all. Because they're under pressure to do so by the uh, human rights campaign which has gotten very, they're extremely well organized. Uh, so you go to an annual meeting and there's 200 people in the room and 199 of them have the same agenda. And maybe there's one person who doesn't have that agenda. Um, and they're, you know, they're talking to board members, they're pressuring board members, they're imposing their, you know, they're, they're essentially manipulating opinion and intimidating and rewarding. Oh, if you endorse it, then you'll get our HRC highest award. Uh, oh, and by the way, you know, wink, wink, um, you know, doesn't hurt to give us a donation. Whether they say that or not, seems to be a high correlation between those who are donors uh, to these groups and those who end up getting, a, you know, um, a high score. Um, so, um, you know, there's, let me put it this way. When you lose a game, there's two ways to lose a game. You can show up and get fewer points, or you can not show up, and that's called a forfeit. So the reason they do it is because all the pressure is from one side, and there is considerable pressure. And given our cultural shift, the default pressure, even without activists, is in one direction. So um, you you have to really swim against the tide to resist playing down religious liberty in favor of right. um, gender rights and sexual rela- and sexual identity rights. It's, it's just your everything you're saying is uh, is absolutely right. What's frustrating for me is that corporations who produce something like Corning have to weigh in on a on a political issue at all. You know, the, the fact that the fact that there is nothing in our society, it would seem that is immune from having to be politicized. Yes. And what I would say is that politics is a religion. Um, probably always, but certainly now. Um, so we're going to have the political religion or we're going to have our religious religion. And I think that Christianity left a vacuum um, mm-hmm. by not engaging. And then yeah. when we engaged, then something happened where we engaged just like we were another political interest group. 
which isn't really, I think, what the Great Commission is. To disciple the nations is not just to be, hey, Rome, you've got Mithras followers, and you've got Neoplatonists, and you've got Stoics, and you've got Epicurean, and we're Christians, and we want our place at the table, too. No, it's stronger than that. It's Jesus is Lord, and you're not, Caesar. And um, we don't have power, but God has power, and it's our job to tell you that you're accountable to him. And I think because we, when we finally did get engaged politically, we did it like everybody else rather than like Christ, then I think we ended up in some sense mm-hmm. losing influence rather than gaining it. Into that. Jerry Boyer is with us. His brand new book is called The Maker Versus the Takers, What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice and Economics. So, Jerry, then on the coattails of that, uh, the moral majority, you know, in the marketplace, not necessarily, you just said it, the best thing for us as believers. So then what is the response? I mean, do you raise a generation of activist Christians who are all on the same page with the same perspective to sort of somehow act as a counterweight to corporate America and the new wokeness? I'm glad you mentioned the moral majority because that was a model. The moral majority was if you if you take the evangelical Christians plus the traditional Roman Catholics plus the Mormons um, plus Orthodox Jews, that's 51 percent or 52 percent or whatever, and then we can win everything. Fast forward 30, 40 years, and we've lost everything because our faith doesn't work well as a political calculus. The moment that we reduce it to a political calculus, we take away the most powerful thing, which is that this is about truth. That's why the people getting killed by Nero were the people who ended up winning that nation, um, because they had to appeal to truth, not power. Um, And so being in that room with 200 people and saying the truth makes you a majority. Um, you know, because the because God has all authority and he has all power. So then what do we do? I think what we do is we try to be salt and light. And we understand it's going to take time. I look at the metaphors that you know, Jesus uses for the kingdom. It's like what it's like yeast, which gradually infuses um, the, 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 the dough. Um, the, mm-hmm. the kingdom of God, you know, it's like a wine and you put new wine in old wine skins and they burst. These are ferment analogies. Uh, I, I make wine. It takes time. Uh, you know, it's not. So, um, you know, I think that if we do political calculation and everything's about the next election, and we're going to compromise all our morality um, and ruin our witness just to win, then that's a losing proposition over the long run. But if we think of ourselves as, you know, as leaven and we're going to gradually infuse the loaf. So the conversations I had this week, I had no illusions that I was going to change the universe with these conversations. I'm just trying to, I'm just, I'm just taking a little, a little bit of that leaven, a little bit of that powder, a little bit, a little bit of that yeast. And I'm putting it in the minds of the people that I'm talking Mm -hmm. to. And then God, you know, can do his work from there. Right. And if there's one thing that we all notice in all of our dealings is that a lot of people are just afraid to speak up or afraid to say something because they're just they don't want to be labeled as a hater. Um, and oftentimes if they have someone else who comes alongside in a non-hateful way and says, you know what, like, I don't feel like the way you're doing this is really open minded or fair or truly tolerant, then I think we might be surprised how many people got on that train. Jerry Boyer's yeah, with I us, agree. the maker versus like the takers. Oh, sorry, Jerry. We're going to take a quick break. Can you stay with us and continue on for a few uh, more minutes? I can. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, fabulous. The maker versus the takers, what Jesus really said about social justice and economics. Jerry Boyer's with us. Stick around. We've got more. It's the ride home with John and Kathy. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, 101.5.
Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. My best friend is blessed with three kids and a big house. All the kids have their own rooms, but recently, life in that big old house has been different. In an effort to solve kid boredom, my friend bought one of those massive blue tarps and created a full room tent in the spare bedroom. They put each of the kids' mattresses under the tent in the shape of a T, and every night, for now five weeks, the kids have slept with their heads feet apart instead of rooms apart. He says they've never been closer. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and when I see a home, I can't help but see interest rates, escrows, and trying to help listeners pay the least amount possible. But for me, that story was a needed reminder that it doesn't matter whether our homes are big or small. It only matters whether we're willing to enjoy the little things that God gave us today, like a tarp tent. If you happen to be looking for a new place to put up a tarp of your own, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart. Tune in and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Dear Vet Ticks, thank you for a great experience and for your support of the military and veterans. Thank you so much, Vet Ticks. Our family has gone through a lot the last few years, and this gave us a nice break. Every empty seat at a concert game or a special event is a missed opportunity to say thank you to a veteran. Give your extra tickets to VetTix. Give something to those who gave. For more information on how you can make a difference, go to VetTix.org. It'll be breezy this evening with occasional rain and a thunderstorm. That'll be followed by a passing shower late tonight. We'll see a low tonight of 48. Tomorrow, very windy with intervals of clouds and sunshine. A shower in places at a high of 54. Tomorrow night, clear skies, winds gradually subsiding. There can be frost in normally colder spots, low 34. Partly sunny Saturday with a high of 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Jerry Boyer is with us. We're talking about Christian witness at shareholder meetings across woke corporate America. And Jerry, I guess in in the remaining time we have left, I think I want to open up the perspective just a little bit um, and, and just talk about how it is that we as Christians communicate 
in the yeah. public sphere now. You know, before the break, I said, you know, I think that a lot of people are afraid. I think that they, they not just afraid, but I think that people are generally trying to do the right thing. And so they don't want to be seen as a hater or they don't want to be seen as a bigot or they don't want to be seen as a racist. And so they're going to do whatever they can do to not be seen that way. Um, and if maybe there was another person who came alongside them, not in a militant, scary, let's go get them posture, but in a, hey, you know what, how about, you know, I want to advocate for some open-mindedness. What about you? I wonder if that could change at least our immediate spheres of conversation. I think it could, um, and I think that it deserves a try, um, and I think it's Jesus' approach. He had conversations with people. Um, now I understand that there were some who were dead set against him um, and um, that he spoke you know, hard, you know, in hard ways to them. But on the other hand, even while they were killing him, he asked God to forgive them, so he was winsome about it. Um, and I don't think we do it that way. Um, I mean, sometimes we do. Some of us do. I think sometimes we do it personally. In other words, you're witnessing to someone at your workplace or someone in your neighborhood. I find that we Christians are generally pretty good uh, about not being jerks about it. But something happens when we pass into the public sphere where um, we kind of imitate what's already going on there. Like that's a zone, like that's a, that's a playing field over there. Or that's an arena where everyone's punching each other. So we go over there and we say, oh, I guess that's how you do it. We punch each other. Um, but that's not really going to work because if it's about violence and power or verbal violence or insultability or whatever, we're always going to lose that. We've got the, we're the wrong kind of people. Um, I mean, we're the people who are supposed to turn the other cheek, so we're going to lose slapping contests uh, automatically. We have an inherent disadvantage, uh, so maybe we try something else, namely the, the Jesus approach. Um, worked for him, and he had the Holy Spirit, and he gave the Holy Spirit to us, so I, I like our chances that it'll work for us. Yeah. I mean, when I, Jer, I, I would say, of course, in the long term, of course, you, you, are, you have to be optimistic, right? I mean, uh, Jesus is coming back. But in the short term, you know, we have damaged, we believers, Christians have damaged ourselves so deeply in the public sphere. So, you know, news media is against this. Corporate America is against this. There's a well-oiled machine, you know, that uh, pounds on us regularly. We as believers were pretty disparate and fractured. So, you know, this trend, this hard trend that we're in right now, less optimistic. I think it's going to continue for a long time until we finally get our act together. Yes, that's right. Um, So there's the long term, the short term, and there's the midterm. Um, So in the long term, there's the resurrection. Uh, In the midterm, in the short term, there's what we see right now, continued momentum downward. So I think what we're going to choose today is what the midterm will look like. Because even if we all start doing the right thing right now, that's not going to be felt for a while. Um, Of course, that's no reason not to do it. That's all the the more reason to do it. Um, The early church understood that. The early church understood that this was a long-term thing. I don't know, maybe something happened during almost my entire lifetime. Almost every evangelical that I've known, including me, I mean, this is, I was converted as an evangelical in whatever, 1980 or something like that. But we're pretty sure that the world was going to end before we got old. Um, well, I'm pretty close to old now, and the world hasn't ended. So I, I, I think something happened where we sort of gave up on the culture um, in order to get into an escape mode. Um, the problem is, has, has God given up on the world? I don't think he has. So we don't, we're not allowed to either. Mm. 
Yeah. Jerry Boyer is with us. Jerry's a financial economist, a public speaker for business conferences, a frequent radio and TV guest, author and journalist. Um, he lives outside Pittsburgh with his wife, Susan, and their kids. And um, Jerry, you know, for so long, you know, you and I and John have been friends for a long time. And um, and so, of course, you know, you're in your sphere and John and I are in our sphere. And it's always challenging to uh to represent Jesus in hard times. I mean, that's obvious, right? I mean, it's easy to be a Christian when everything's going fine. Um, But in in these days, when things are as contentious as they are, you know, I have friends who say, Kathy, you're, you know, you're too wimpy. You know, this is a battle. Like, get out there. If you're not going to be willing to treat this like a battle, then you're never going to win. And we're going to lose and we're going to lose America and it's all going to be over. And so, you know, you need to engage, like forget like the, the pansy attitude you have and, you know, get out there and make somebody mad. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. It's a battle. But what kind of battle? Um, because I hear that a lot. Um, but it's not a carnal battle. It's a spiritual battle mainly. So I, what, I, what I hear is a lot of people who talk that way are talking to fellow Christians, many of whom are actually engaging with the culture and attacking them for not being angry enough or outraged enough. So there's a whole, there's a whole industry of bloggers and YouTubers. Et cetera, et cetera. Their main job is to tell Christians who are actually out there trying to influence the culture, uh, you're not angry enough. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't get that. Um, I don't think that's the way the battle's supposed to be won. It's not. It is a battle. It's 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 worse than a battle for life and death. It's a battle for eternal life and death. But Jesus taught us how to fight the battle, and it wasn't turn up the rhetoric, get angrier, fight like the Romans, fight like the Greeks. Um, it wasn't you know if somebody punches you, punch back twice as hard. That wasn't how he won the battle. The church did win the battle against Rome, uh, but yep. they did not do it by being like everybody else. They, they did it by not being like everybody else. Into that, Jared. Hey, that's good wisdom, Jared. Uh, before you leave us, you know, uh, when you do join us from time to time, you talk about futures, uh, current economic health. Uh, here we are. You know, uh, first quarter is gone from 2021. Uh, looks like COVID is on the wane. Uh, things are heating up again. Uh, reason yeah. to be optimistic for the future of this country economically? The, the economy is coming back very, very strong, and we just saw new GDP data today. Inflation is also coming back strong, so there's a mix of good things and bad things. Um, I don't want to be too partisan here, but I think the Biden agenda is going to be pretty bad for growth and pretty bad for inflation. Um, I'm not saying that as a partisan person. I'm just saying that as an economic analyst. So if we just if we, if we just end the lockdowns and open up and leave the current growth environment in place, leave the tax cuts, uh, the Trump tax reform in place, I think we can have a pretty nice, strong economy. But if we come in here and spend $4 trillion to stimulate the economy, all we're going to do is stimulate inflation, and we're going to slow down the economy. So it all depends on what happens in Congress. All right, as it a lot often does, right? Congress is the mystery box. Jer, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time here with us. My pleasure. God bless you both. And you as well. Jerry Boyer, economist, his brand new book, The Maker versus the Takers, what Jesus really said about social justice and economics. Jerry Boyer, easily found online. Take a break. Come back. You know, uh, your mom used to say, stop your daydreaming. Well, apparently daydreaming does have a very positive effect on us. That's next on The Ride Home. It's for Christian Talk Word FM. 
101.5 WORD. What are you doing with God's blessings and successes that he's given you? Dr. Michael Youssef. Do you see them? Do you perceive them? Do you use them as of the Lord, through the Lord, and for the Lord's glory? Or do you keep on hoarding them and accumulating them and say, one day I'm going to serve the Lord. One day I'm going to do great things. One day. And that day may never come. Learn more this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 630 on 101.5 WORD. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. This is John Hall. Visit MyPillow.com for deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the new MySlippers. Click the radio listener square and enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954. Remember to use promo code WORD. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt... And you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Another Drusky Entertainment event, May 13th, an evening with Natalie Grant, live at Vinosky Winery. And I'll praise you in this dark, and I an evening with Natalie Grant featuring Bernie Herms. May 13th at Vinosky Winery. Buy your tickets at TruskyEntertainment.com. May 13th, Natalie Grant, live at Vinosky Winery. Another Trusky Entertainment event. all of our mothers told us this at one time or another get your head out of the clouds right we've heard this multiple times and stop your daydreaming go out and do something well there has been a, a shift that sort of downgrades been a lot of mom there's been a lot yeah. of shifts lately huh there's a downgrade though in, in the admonishment that mom would give us apparently daydreaming is not nearly as as painful or harmful to you as uh, our moms told us now um Here's the deal. It comes from Penn State University. So you take it Which, as Which, by the may. way, is suspect just from the beginning. I'm you saying know, take it as you may. Hail In a pay. recent study, researchers tested how much pleasure people derive from thinking. Participants left to their own devices were more likely to gravitate towards worrying 
or neutral topics like work or school than they were left with negative feelings about the, uh, about the session that they went through. So our minds are hardwired towards worry, which makes sense, right? Right. I mean, you know. Yeah, because humans recognize that they are mortal and that or, they are fragile. Or the threat of, that's around us, right? Sure. Ancient man, you had to stay on your guard. So stop your daydreaming. And if you are daydreaming, you're dreaming about, you know, the guy that's coming to get you. So your imagination, okay. However, when there were suggestions, subtle suggestions about the daydreaming shift given to you by outside sources, whether it was reading something, someone mentioning something to you, if you would, you know, daydream about, you know, that first pleasant date that you had as a kid or something that, you know, was stored in your memory banks, it found that the body relaxes, the mind unwinds, and generally, cognitively, you are more engaged and more able to be stronger, easier in your moment, as opposed mm-hmm. to you mean, you tight mean when, and tense. You mean when it when it's called when you're called upon yes. to produce, you're able to do it more effectively if you've daydreamed. At some point, if you daydream in a more positive vein, if you can teach yourself, how about this? We spend 40, now this is up for debate, but one study suggests that we spend 40% of our waking hours in some sort of mindless daydreaming mode. 40? They're saying- But these people are unemployed, right? That's up for debate. 47%, your mind tends to wander, right? So if you can train yourself, if your mind is going to wander, to have a positive hook as you do go into the wandering mode, you'll be healthier because of that. Do you buy it? I don't know. I mean, you're right. Daydreaming has a bad connotation to begin with, but I will say this. And I I was trying, you know, obviously we can only see it through our own lens, but um, because I have a background in design, I oftentimes will, um, if I have, like I say, I'm waiting for a, a doctor's appointment. Yeah. Right. I'm sitting there. I will, in my mind, rearrange the room. You know, I'll, Oh, Paint yes, it a different sure. color. I'll move the windows. I'll do right, whatever. Right, right. right. So that's, that's positive. Yeah. So that's positive. Right. Creative. And that that's that's an it, it, I don't know. I don't know if it's interesting to anybody else. People are like, that is the dullest thing I've ever no, no, heard. It's good. But for me, it's kind of like a good exercise. It keeps your brain able to envision things in different spaces. You know, it, it allows you it, it allows you to get out of where you are and just into a different mind space. Right. Now I'm on the other side. When I tend to daydream, I tend to dream daydream doom and gloom, right? Really? Like 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 early, Isn't like that early. A shock. Well, I, mean, I would like, never in a million years. Have that I mean, I just you. that's how you know, like being on the parachute at Kennywood. No of course, kidding. I'm daydreaming. I'm thinking I'm going to fly off into my certain death, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So what? So the the guy who lets me on the ride should say, "Hey, just relax, have a good time," and you know everything's going to be. Good. I don't right. know. Was it the monkeys with the daydream believer? Wait, what'd you, what'd you say, Gary? Oh, I thought you were oh. going to add something to the conversation. I'm so disappointed. He's not daydreaming. He's okay. I thought you, uh, well, let me just say that if you do realize that you spend your um, like daydreaming <laughs> time thinking about negative things, then maybe I guess this article could be an impetus for you to kind of change that up. Or get therapy. <laughs> or both. <laughs> Some kind of healthy dose of I don't know what. Right. Yeah. 
doctor, rescue me from my morbid, depressive thoughts. Right. As I, I think daydream. that might be a good place to start. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, here's the thing. I, you know, we've talked about this a lot off the air. It certainly entered into our conversations on the air also, is that with all of the time that humans on this globe have spent inside alone for the last one year plus, it's going to take a lot of mental health therapy. It's going to take a lot of courage and a lot of effort to get people in healthy spaces. You think so? No, see, I, yes. I thought about that last night. Yes. I don't think that that's true. Oh, I, I for sure do. No, I, I think once you have, it's like a sense memory experiment. Once you have that experience, oh man, I'm going to sit down at a restaurant. Look, I'm, I'm look. Oh, I, I got something coming. I'm having a conversation with my buddies. Everybody around me looks like regular people. No one's, you know, wearing these crazy masks. I'm not like thinking, you know, all of a sudden here comes, you know, this COVID thing. It's going to crush my soul. Once you do that, I think once or twice, I'm good to go. I don't believe that I'm I'm going to hide under a rock waiting for that thing to happen to me. Okay, but what about the people who can't make the step? That's what I'm talking about. Well. Well, I don't know about them. Well, there are, well, there are a ton <laughs> is that of those fragile? people. Is that, yes, just, there are a ton of those people. Stop being fragile. Just you know, no. get on with it. Well, that's one way to look at it. I mean, I think there might be a a gentler approach when it a comes gentler, to well, it's when life. it comes yeah when it comes to mental health. That if you've been inside, if you're no. 17 years old and you've been inside no. your house for a year and a half, I don't think I, so. Okay. I think that people, listen, all it's going to take is a little bit of freedom. And we're like, oh, it's like riding a bike. I'm back at this again. Let's go. And it feels good. Okay. Uh, we'll what, see. Should we, we should have therapists on call at every yes. street quarter. Yes. Right? I actually think that. All right. All right. Take a quick break. Come back. We're underway. It's the ride home with John and Kathy. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement, offer valid through June 30th. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. The world has changed a lot over this past year. If you are turning 65 or currently on Medicare, Assurance can help you get confidence in knowing you have the health care coverage you need. Chat with a licensed insurance agent for a free no-obligation Medicare Advantage plan consultation with Assurance at 1-833-381-1599. That's 1-833-381-1599 or assurance.com slash radio. Together, Assurance can help recommend a Medicare Advantage plan that's right for you. Pre-pandemic, a group of authors and songwriters explored God's faithfulness to women. 25 women. 
together. Now, it's the first time to be visually blessed by the experience. Compassion Live presents Faithful, a live stream event with Amy Grant, Ellie Holcomb, Christy Knuckles, and more. Come join this historic, creative event May 1st, 7 p.m. Central. Faithful, a live stream event, Saturday, May 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern. Tickets and information at wordfm.com. We want everybody to have a level of comfort knowing that they're in a safe environment, that they're in a caring environment, and that their health and well-being is our top priority. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We are constantly screening both ourselves and patients. I want my patients to know that we are there for them. When they are ready, we are here. You're going to be safe. You're going to be well cared for. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Celebrity birthdays. It sure is. Two really, I would say, I was going to say disparate personalities, but I think they probably have a lot more in common than they do oppositionally. Sure. Who are the uh, two people today, Ken? Uh, today, celebrity birthdays are Jerry Seinfeld and mm. Willie Nelson. Really? I, yeah. So, of course, I, my, my, my initial question, John, since you're so good at this, is how old are these two men? That's a, there's a big age gap between the two, and neither of them are spring chickens. I do know that. Okay. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, a contemporary of mine, I would say, although he doesn't know it. Um, uh, 60, he's on the farther side. 69, 69, I'd say. Getting he's close. 67 today. 67? 67 today, Jerry is. All right. Uh, uh, Willie Nelson, how old do you think he might uh, be? Willie Nelson, he's pushing it, he's pushing it hard. It's surprising, not to say, it's surprising Willie Nelson's still alive. When I think well, of Willie he's Nelson. Lived, he's lived hard. I think he, we all know that. Yes, he has. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he's one of but those But you were always people. on his mind, so that's good. It's Willie good Nelson reminds me of my gramp. My, I should say my Nan, my dad's mom, Nan. Wait, what, you mean with you mean with the red bandana? No, Nan smoked until she died. The day she died, she smoked unfiltered Pall Malls. Uh, she died at ninety. Mm. And Willie Nelson has a similar smoking problem of the unfiltered variety. Okay, um, he's not ninety. Uh, he's probably eighty-six or seven. Eighty-seven. He's eighty-eight. 88. He's 88. Now, let me just also say mm. that a Willie Nelson's got seven children. Wow. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld has got three children. Mm-hmm. Willie Nelson has had four wives. <laughs> no surprise. And he's always on my mind. And J- Jerry is currently married. Um, and I, I deeply love his wife, Jess. Is Jerry currently? Um, what, what do you mean currently married? Has he had multiple spouses? Well, I think he was married before Jess, but I, I couldn't. F- I couldn't find anything quickly about that online. I didn't mm-hmm. think to look earlier. Yeah, look, look at People, uh, People Magazine archives, right? Jess might be one of my friends. Who, who's it? Jess Seinfeld? Jess Seinfeld? Jerry Seinfeld's uh-huh. wife. No, wait. Yeah. Now there's a. This is a some 
This is a, um, it's a, a generational, it's a generational marriage, isn't it? Uh, it is. I believe Jess is 20 years younger than Jerry. 20 years younger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. What's well, Jerry Seinfeld? I, I, do you think he'd be an easy person to live with, Jerry Seinfeld? No. <laughs> yeah. I think. But he, his net worth of $950 million would help. It does. And I think that Woody, Woody, uh, Willie? Willie Nelson would be easy to live with. What, I mean, because he's just like he's checked out. out half he's the out. time? He's somewhere out somewhere, you know. What do you think, Will? Okay. All right, man. Everything's good. Well, Jerry, Jerry's got an opinion. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The U.S. economy grew at a 6.4% annual rate last quarter. The increase is a show of strength fueled by government aid and declining viral cases that could drive further gains as the nation rebounds with unusual speed from the pandemic. The report from the Commerce Department estimated that the nation's gross domestic product accelerated in the January to March quarter from a 4.3 annual gain in the final quarter of 2020. Correspondent Jeremy House. Eight people have been indicted in the alcohol-related death of an Ohio college student found unconscious after a fraternity party. Six of those indicted are charged with involuntary manslaughter. 20-year-old Bowling Green State University sophomore Stone Fultz was found by roommates and taken to a hospital in early March. He died three days later. The Dow had 229 points, and the NASDAQ is up 42 points. This is SRN News. Moms. Wow, aren't they special? Doesn't that word just warm your heart and make you feel loved? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and I am so blessed to get to work side-by-side with my mom every day in our family business. And right now, my mom and I are planning for a special day for you and your mom on Mother's Day. Every year on Mother's Day, we barbecue chicken quarters over the open pit outside with our secret butter sauce. Baked beans, corn pudding, coleslaw, macaroni salad, ho-ho cake, and more will abound in to go along with that tasty tender chicken when i was a teenager and we first started cooking for crowds all my mom wanted for mother's day was for us five kids to help get ready to make this a special day for our guests so bring your family and come hungry to enjoy the wonderful farm fresh meal that we started all those years ago oh yeah live music and free cones for moms too let us share a little of our farm with you the spring house in 84 pa 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com impact mortgage corp tv a cash call mortgage. NMLS ID 128231 Equal Housing Lender. Not licensed in all states including New York. Confirmation loans over $200,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. If your mortgage rate is not in the twos, Cash Call Mortgage could save you money and get you the cash you need with a cash-out refi. Chances are your home has gained a ton of equity this past year. Turn that equity into cash to pay high-interest credit card debt, do home improvements, or to put money away for a rainy day. Don't wait for interest rates to go up. The time to refi is now while rates are still low. Take cash out and get a low interest rate at the same time. Cash Call Mortgage may be able to lower your mortgage rate and get you cash from your home equity. Call now and we'll even cover the title, escrow, and appraisal fees to save you more money. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to cashcallmortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 
800-931-6651. It seems like just yesterday when I captured my son's first steps or when we recorded his soccer games on VHS tapes, those moments are gone. But the old home movies and pictures don't need to be. That's why my son created Legacy Box. That's right, Mom. Over 800,000 families have used Legacy Box to digitally preserve their home movies and photos. Simply fill Legacy Box with your old camcorder tapes, film, and photos. They will professionally digitize and send them back on DVDs, thumb drive, or the cloud. With families staying close and Mother's Day around the corner, it's the perfect time to get your Legacy Box and save your family's history. After all, few things are as important as protecting your precious memories. Give your mom a Mother's Day present she'll never forget. Plus, Legacy Box is offering a 50% discount. Order your Legacy Box today. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. And for a limited time, get an incredible 50% off your order. This is one of the best discounts we've offered. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 50% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. It'll be breezy this evening with occasional rain and a thunderstorm. That'll be followed by a passing shower late tonight. We'll see a low tonight of 48. Tomorrow, very windy with intervals of clouds and sunshine. A shower in places at a high of 54. Tomorrow night, clear skies. Winds gradually subsiding. There can be frost in normally colder spots, low 34. Partly sunny Saturday with a high of 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Blustery, greasy, gusty, windy day. Holy smokes. Uh, hold on to your hat and hope that uh, your, your house stays up. Kath, uh, things are good with you? Are good. Looking forward to a terrific five o'clock hour. Dr. Mm-hmm. Joshua Swami Dawson holding his yep. book in my hand in the on deck circle. Um, things, I think I'll head changing. out of the park. Oh, there you go. Hey, uh, uh, things are changing because, um, you know, with the cancellation of so many events uh, last year, we're entering a new phase of engagement, civic engagement, right? Social engagement. We talked about mm-hmm. this uh, just at the very end of the last hour. So listen to this for the first time in 62 years. The Three Rivers Arts Festival will be staged in an eight-block area. Now, it initially said it was going to be the Strip District, which will include the Strip, strip District, and eight, eight blocks of the 14-block Cultural District. Offer a mix of in-person and virtual attractions. The festival held in and around Point State Park will stretch from Stanwick to 8th Street in downtown and be held June 4th through the 13th. Okay, wait, so it's downtown and the Strip? So we're going to be basically along Penn Avenue? Um, in there's, an, there's a map here, which I really can't make a whole lot of uh, area of the detail, the sense of, but okay. the cultural district, right? So yeah. here's the weird thing. So you that's like need, 9th, right? Yeah, 10th Street, 10th Street Bypass, 8th right. Street. And then all the way down to, what, 6th? Not 6th Street. No, not that far away. Oh, okay. Okay, so you will need to reserve. This is a weird thing. To go to the Arts Festival this year, you'll need to reserve uh, free timed entry tickets to attend the Artist Market, which, of course, is the centerpiece for two-hour increments. Four musical acts, other performances. Two stages with seating will be set up on closed portions 
of Fort Duquesne Boulevard overlooking the um, the Allegheny River. Oh, so it's going to be on the street? Yep. Okay, yep. but if it's outside, why do we need timed? Okay, this is where I, clearly this is where people's understanding of how COVID spreads change is different, right? Wait, okay, so here's the here's um <clears throat> here's a quote which I think is interesting. Uh, Aziz, Aziz. I don't know who Aziz is. Oh, Sarah Aziz. Sarah Aziz is the director of the festival. Okay. She said that the outdoor events will allow 50% capacity uh, under protocol. She says this, quote, we don't want folks to come down and have to wait to get in. Quote, we will have sanitizer on site and masks if someone forgets one. Well, that, you know what, that makes me excited to just go to the event. I'm not going <laughs> I just can't I wait. Want, I don't want to go. Okay, why are we doing that on Fort Duquesne Boulevard instead of doing it in the in the point? I don't the know. The point seems much larger than Fort know. Duquesne Boulevard. My guess is there's they're gonna enclose it and there's an right, easy... but why don't you want it to be open? Isn't that the whole thing? No, that we're trying... if they're doing they're doing two hour time tickets. They need to control the flow of the crowd. I guess that's the last. Okay, well, they didn't what? ask me what I thought of this, did they? But I will say that that doesn't make me want to attend. Yeah, now I'm looking at art, and I've got to get anxious about my time as I look at the art, right? Look, you, you better decide if you're going to buy that or not, honey, because we've only got 12 minutes until <laughs> they so. kick us out of the open-air arts festival. Right. Okay, right, so now that's it. something All new. Right, give me another option. Uh, there's something else coming to Pittsburgh. It's called Jurassic Quest. Oh, wait a minute. You mean Jurassic as in dinosaur? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Quest drive through which is coming to Star Lake this summer. Wait, that's what Jurassic Park was supposed to be, right? They were supposed to be in cars. Look what happened. Right. Okay. So, again, this is the social distancing way that we're supposed to interact in this new phase. Jurassic Quest drive through will make a stop at uh, Star Lake June 4th through the 13th at the Pavilion Star Lake in Burgerstown. During the hour-long drive through a digital audio tour, you'll uh, uh, be able to see 70 true-size animatonic dinosaurs and marine creatures from the Jurassic and Triassic periods. Guests must remain in their cars throughout the tour with limited contact, if any, mask staff members who maintain safe social distances and follow all state and local guidelines regarding health and safety will guide you through. It yeah. sounds like a party. Okay, no, wait. I mean, no, that's wait. a party no, going wait, let me on ask right you a question. there, my friends. If I've had two vaccines, can I still give COVID-19 to the animatronic dinosaur? I have no idea. That's my question. That's what's happening. Okay, I am totally into this idea. I'm not. Oh, I what, are am. Are you kidding me? I want to go. I, I totally want to anywhere near. No, wait. So, so, you know, with over the years, I've gone to, I don't know, fifth, maybe not 50. It's Star 30 Lake. concerts at Star Lake. Okay. And every time that you get stuck in traffic every, going to listen, and from. I spent way more than an hour in that parking lot. I'll then why that. would you do that? <laughs> because if I get to see, you're, you're saying that these animatronics are going to be life-size? Yes. So <gasps> what? Who cares? You guys. So what? That's awesome. Yeah. And, and the next day, go to the arts festival. Okay. No, I'm not There's going. your summer right there. <laughs> it's not Barney, Gary. Okay. This is a little more scientifically cutting edge. It's about the same. Really it's not. Is. It's Why not. I, look, listen, I'm going. 
you're going to get stuck in the Star Lake parking lot. And I've already pay, done that. Sure, and I didn't have, some. listen, and I never had an animatronic anything to look mm. at. So if I could go thinking that there might be something like that, that would be great. Here's the deal. Admission is $49 per vehicle with eight people or less, $80 for passenger vehicles that seat nine to 15. Who's got? Oh, that's a lot of money, actually. Sounds okay, really what bad. what if the Velociraptor gets loose and animatronically like steps on Don't you know, a, land, a land cruiser in front of me? You've got you've got hand sanitizer, so you'll be They'll safe help. to go. You'll be good to go. <laughs> I'll put on good. my mask and I'll be safe. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Holy smokes. Okay, let us take a quick break. Come back. We're going to go and talk about Adam, uh, the inheritance of our DNA from Adam forward. That's next. Right home with Johnny Kathy, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. W-O-R-D. If you're a parent, you know what it means to be a friend, counselor, doctor, and ATM all at the same time. But as you think about all you do for your kids, how are you doing at meeting their greatest need, their spiritual needs? Consider that as John MacArthur continues his classic study, The Fulfilled Family, here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. If you're a radio listener, one thing I'm certain of is that you're not tuning in to listen to me. So I'm sorry about the next 45 seconds. But we have specifically chose this station because we think we're similar and we'd love for you to see why our mortgage team might be a good fit for you or someone you care about. One. We've got a direct lender advantage. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. There's no middleman, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Two, our faith is a big deal to us, and we're open about that. If we seem like a fit for you, we'd love to talk. We are United Faith Mortgage. UnitedFaithMortgage.com. Nice. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate Animalist Number 1330. Ryan Rack, Animalist Number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon is teaching kids the way they are wired to learn. Kids love Jubilee because their award-winning integrated curriculum offers lots of hands-on learning. Parents love Jubilee for the opportunities to be involved and the open communication they have with teachers. Tour the school each Monday through May 24th and find out all there is to love about Jubilee Christian School. Now enrolling K-6 through grade. Imagine, believe, achieve. Visit jubileecs.org slash visit slash tours. Tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered with basic plans starting at $100 a year. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for a basic liability policy not available in all states. Prices vary based on how you buy. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy show, you will find it archived at secularlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy show. 
inherited your smile from your mother. Yeah, and they might say, well, you inherited your impatience from your father. We often think about that, the inheritance, right? And, and does that go back, the inheritance? If it comes from our father, then does it go to his father and then his father and his father all the way back to Adam? Joshua Swamidas is with us. Dr. Swamidas is a scientist, a physician, associate professor of laboratory and genomic medicine at Washington University. His new work is called The Genealogical Adam and Eve, The Surprising Science of Universal Ancestry. Here today to talk to us about inheritance outside of our DNA. Dr. Swamidas, it's good to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you, Josh. For those of you watching the show on Facebook, I'm showing you Josh's book called The Genealogical Adam and Eve, The Surprising Science of Universal Ancestry. It's a fascinating book. Um, Josh, we could talk about this, you know, every week for the next five years and not get through all the information. But um, I, I, I like this thing, uh, this kind of um, conversation, uh, you know, vector that John's brought up about inheriting things, because so if you know, if a bunch of Christians are talking, not necessarily scientists, just people who read the Bible, we know what we inherited from Adam, right? We inherited sin from Adam and Eve. So if, for people who are inside the church, that's like a, a theological construct that the scripture teaches us that if we believe the Bible, we believe. Um, but you're a scientist and you're a Christian both. So when you talk about inheritance, you're thinking about it in a genealogical way? Well, I would say that that one of the big questions facing theology is how is it and what is it that we inherit from Adam and Eve, right? Mm -hmm. And some Christians don't actually think we inherit anything from Adam and Eve, but actually most Christians do, um, you know, from reading passages like Romans 5, uh, you know, 12 through 14 and and other places, and also church traditionalists, we think that there's some sort of connection to, uh, to Adam and Eve that's important. And then we inherit something from them. Now, in our modern context right now, when we think about inheritance, one of the really surprising, uh, they'll be surprising to a lot of other people, but it's kind of just seems natural to us. When we think about inheritance, the first thing that many of us think about is genetics, right? And DNA. Right, sure. And we think. Inherited traits. Um, but, yeah, but that's also a very recent way of understanding inheritance. Uh, for you know, the last hundred years or so, that's how a lot of people have been thinking about it. And certainly over the last 10 years or 50 years, but you go back, you know, 200 years ago, 500 years ago, or 2,000 or 3,000 years ago, they didn't know about DNA, right? So they weren't talking about inheritance or thinking about inheritance in terms of genetics. And even now, um, what we found more and more, you know, I'm a medical doctor, and we care about genetics and how that impacts our patients and their diseases. But even now, as we look at patients, we realize that quite a bit, perhaps even most of the things that, that are important to a patient, we don't find in their DNA. DNA is helpful in a couple narrow an important, very important situations. But um, a lot of other things end up being being just as important or even far more important. See, okay, so Joshua, then we see DNA, right? I mean, I mean not, not that it's easy, but you see the thread, the medical thread, you know, the scientific thread, I should say. So uh, inheritance outside of DNA, what does that look like and how is that passed down? Well, I think it's important to remember that there's actually quite a bit of inheritance that goes outside DNA. And one great example that helps me understand and think about this more is language. I inherited mm. my language from my parents. You did right. too, right? Yes. <laughs> now, it's also not only did you inherit it, it's not easy for you to change it, right? And you didn't have a choice in it. 
Right. You don't you don't probably speak Chinese and it'll be very hard for you to go back in Chinese. In fact, you may not even be able to because you didn't learn it during a really key window um, in your, you know, in your in your development. Same here. Yes. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And in that sense, you inherited it. Mutable. Now, my parents were from India. Right. They They spoke Hindi. They didn't speak Chinese, but they they spoke Hindi and they spoke Tamil, but they didn't they, they didn't speak it to me when I was growing up. So I only learned, learned English. Later on, I learned a little bit of Spanish, um, and so there's like a mutability. Like if you go back maybe four or five generations in India, um, none of my ancestors spoke English. I'm sorry, yeah, they none of them spoke English, and so there was a change that happened. But in terms of how I received English, it is inherited, and I don't really have a choice in the matter. It is what I speak, and it's because my parents gave it to me. It's a good point, and that's okay. not DNA. Oh. Right. Okay. So then, you know, even the most conservative uh, estimates on how close we are as far as generations go or years go to between us and Adam and Eve, it's still a whole lot of time. So what, what, what could that inheritance possibly look like? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So I think that's still being worked out, honestly, and people are thinking about it. So if Adam and Eve were really recent, it wouldn't be DNA we got for them. They would most likely be genetic ghosts out there, right? You know, one, one idea I explored is that, you know, we do know that um, they would, if they existed then, that we would all descend from them. And even though they didn't give us any DNA, there's like a causal relationship to us that, you know, if God had actually executed Adam and Eve when he kicked them out of the garden, and, and you know, instead of exiling them, uh, you know, Maybe there would be people here in our place, but it wouldn't be us, right? We have like a dependence on them. So we kind of inheritance, you know, we kind of inherit dependence on God's mercy to Adam and Eve. That's one possibility that people are thinking about, I'm thinking about. But there's other ways, too, people thought about it. Um, you know, in covenant theology, and, you know, for example, a lot of Presbyterians care about this. The idea is that God actually has a covenant with Adam and Eve where he wrote into that that if they sinned, there would be consequences for the rest of, uh, of their descendants. And so what, what happened then is that kind of because of that contract was broken, that contract uh, put, uh, put um, entailments on all of their, their descendants. And whether we know about that relationship or not, that, that has changed God's relationship to us. And that might seem a little bit strange, but it's really no different, honestly, than my parents coming from India to the United States. That was a decision they made hmm. that that I had no say in because I didn't exist, right? <laughs> um, I, I wasn't able to debate it um, and say, no, I don't want to go or argue for it to say that I should go and that that's where my life should be. But um, they chose to come here in the mid seventies. Um, I was born in the late seventies and, um, and that, that changed my entire world. Um, right. And, and so um, now my kids are being born. Yeah. So I'm sorry. So were your parents believers? Were they Christians? Yeah, they were. <laughs> and it's funny, too. You know, it's, it, my, my mom told me about Jesus um, when I was two years old. My kid's two years old now. I can't imagine having this conversation. If I asked about where, when I was two years old, where I would go when I died. <laughs> and she told me, and my mom told me, and I, and I trusted her, and I believed. <laughs> and in a way, I inherited my faith at that early yes. stage from my parents. Right. So you inherited now, your faith— you pass that along to your children as well, right? What if, what if though, having heard that from your mother at some point, you know, as a man, you rejected that inheritance? That's a pretty common experience as well, right? I reject what's been given sure. to me. 
That is a really good question. It raises this issue of what does it mean to receive or reject an inheritance? Yeah, so as, as a Christian, we know that uh, there's things that are thicker than blood, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that, you know, we have our family of origins, but we have to decide whether or not we want to enter God's family. And so we can, we can opt out. And so that, that, that means that even though I inherited my, my faith, I could have still rejected it. And even if someone didn't inherit their faith, they could still enter into it. Um, and in fact, uh, my family comes from a bunch of pagans, you know, <laughs> uh, just a few generations back. And so they inherited, I mean, they didn't, they didn't inherit actually the Christian faith from their parents, they but they got it, it from, yeah. from missionaries. Yeah. They entered mm-hmm. into it in a different way. And yeah. so you can see though, that they didn't get it from no one though. While they didn't get it from their families of origins when they first came to faith, they got it, they from, got it from their spiritual family. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. And so inheritance, I mean, like they didn't just come to faith. Oh, you know, I say this, but there are a lot of examples in, um, you know, in these very um, closed off places, especially in the Muslim world, of people having dreams where Jesus comes to them and they come to faith that way. But for the most part, for the most part, uh, the faith we receive isn't inherited from someone, whether it be our family of origin or someone else. Right. And, right. and I think the way inheritance works is that it really alters so much about who we are and where we find ourselves, but it's also not in our control. Like people gave it to us usually. Um, we, we get rewards that we didn't earn. We get, uh, we get debts that, we, that, that weren't our fault. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we have things that end up entirely shaping our identity that we didn't choose. And most of these things that we inherit turn out not to be genetic. Interesting. Dr. Joshua Swami Das is with us, scientist, physician, associate professor of laboratory and genomic medicine at Washington University in St. Louis. The author of this book I'm showing you right now on Facebook. It's called The Genealogical Adam and Eve, The Surprising Science of Universal Ancestry. Um, on yesterday's show, uh, Josh, we had a neurobiologist on. Um, a psychiatrist. psychiatrist, and he was talking about uh, he was talking about the neurobiology of something called epigenetics, which is, as I understand it, from a non scientific perspective, the uh, you know based on our actions and our choices, we can either kind of turn on or off uh, genes that would either pass on our um, personality characteristics or, you know, uh, personality leanings to our children or not. He right, talks like so, specifically so the, about anxiety. Okay, right. Okay. So uh, the, um, the example that he used was that someone became anxious in their life. And, you know, that, that sort of runs, that anxiousness runs in the family. Now, for the first time, someone in that family has been able to uh, have extensive therapy. It's broken that chain of anxiety. So I no longer have to pass that inheritance along to my kids. Make sense? Yeah. So I think there is a genetic component to anxiety, but a large part of that component is really just not that you're going to be an anxious person, but there's like a propensity towards it. There's mm. a lot of modifiers is what we call them that, um, that are how we manage it, you know? And if you're in a context where that propensity for anxiety is really well managed and you learn up, you learn by observing and 
being in a healthy family that it helps you kind of work through that and do that, you might have a very strong propensity to anxiety that just never manifests because you inherited things to cope with it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing is true with attention deficit and several other like OCD tendencies. Now, some people do have genetics that are so that are so strongly there that um, that you can't just cope with it. Medication helps. So I don't want anyone to feel like you should uh, you should feel bad if that is your situation. But a lot of times, a lot of times, there's there. It's not just the genetics you've inherited. You've also um, failed to inherit good coping mechanisms or you've inherited really good coping mechanisms to work through mm-hmm. it as well. Right. So, um, Josh, let's go back then and take it in our final couple of minutes here left to the inheritance of our faith, right? Because earlier on this week, we had a guy who was a, a seminary professor. He grew up in a non-church family, but he was a curious kid. He said, you know, around the age of 17, I started to read. I found the Bible. I distilled d- deeply into that. And now he's a believer. So, you know, in some ways, he rejected his family's non-faith inheritance right. and asserted a new model of inheritance for his family to move forward in Christ. Yeah, I think you can frame it that way as rejecting. I, I think it's helpful to understand it as more as completing. So there's still things that he inherited from his family of origin, and yes. hopefully many of those things were really good. You okay. know? Um, I um, I inherited Indian food from my ancient ancestors, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's really good. <laughs> and that comes yeah. from a long lineage that goes back far before when my family became Christian. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and there's also a certain uh, view of hospitality and uh, connected in relationships, which I think is a little bit odd in American culture. It's clearly represented in my immigrant history and where my parents came from, and it's part of what I inherit and I receive and I take hold of. And that's that's a good thing. I think that's still not good enough compared to who Christ is. I think knowing Jesus, following him, actually brings a completion to that reality. Mm, I don't have to reject that. But it's like the, the salt that makes all that was good there even better. Yeah. It's like that one, that one flavor profile that you're missing in your dish and you add it yeah. and then it instantly all works. <laughs> right. That's really good. Yeah. 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 I think this is yeah. actually important. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not white. I'm, I'm Indian and I'm an immigrant. And, you know, I think uh, this is actually something that's really important to us as immigrants, but it really should be important to all of us. We all kind of encounter us in different ways. Christianity does not actually teach that we become a uniform sing- singularity. <laughs> Right, right. We maintain our distinctiveness in Revelation that talks about how we're still seen in our original tongues. It says in, in every tongue and tribe and nation. There is this reality that we find a common family, a family of unity, but it is across our diversity and differences that there's something prophetic and beautiful about our differences and our uniqueness and our particularities and our idiosyncratic Socratic things, right? Yes, and so yes. what what the Christian faith is supposed to do is not to kind of whiten everything out, uh, like erase out all of the, the edges and, and, and right. the spice of it all, but it's supposed to kind of bring all that out in a way where, um, where we can rejoice in the diversity of what God has made in all of us. I'm into that. Give me a dose of weird Christianity. Dr. Joshua Swami Das, he's been with us, scientist, you can get that physician. Monday through Friday, John, right here, 4 to yes. 6. Associate Professor of uh, genomic medicine at Washington University in St. Louis, the genealogical Adam and Eve, 
The Surprising Science of Universal Ancestry. Dr. Swami Das, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks a lot. There are books that I've wanted to write. Fault Lines was a book I felt like I had to write. Critical Race Theory, Social Justice, Intersectionality. We've all heard these terms, but most of us have no idea what they mean. The Apostle Paul says that we destroy arguments and lofty opinions raised against the knowledge of God. Fault Lines is about doing just that in this current cultural moment. As Christians, we need to know what's going on around us. We have to be a part of culture. Fault Lines is about not only understanding what's going on in the culture around us and how it's impacting us, but it's also about teaching us to take every thought captive so that we can be more proactive in creating culture as God would intend us to. This is Vodi Bakum, and I want to encourage you to buy my new book, Fault Lines, available everywhere books are sold, April 6th. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. Pre-pandemic. A group of authors and songwriters explored God's faithfulness to women. 25 women. Together. Now, it's the first time to be visually blessed by the experience. Compassion Live presents Faithful, a live stream event with Amy Grant, Ellie Holcomb, Christy Knuckles, and more. Come join this historic, creative event May 1st, 7 p.m. Central. Faithful, a live stream event, Saturday, May 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern. Tickets and information at wordfm.com. Light of Life's former CEO, Craig Schweiger's career has always revolved around home. From Federated Mortgage in Pittsburgh, providing mortgages for satisfied homeowners to bringing a new home for our city's homeless, Craig is now providing free education to seniors about reverse mortgages. Listen to Craig's show, Home is Where the Heart Is, where mortgage meets ministry. Saturday, Craig welcomes Jarrell Gilliam, Executive Director of Light of Life, plus shares trustworthy insight about reverse mortgages for seniors. Home is Where the Heart Is, Saturday mornings at 7 on 101.5 FM, WORD. 101.5 WORD FM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by federal law. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and we are required to do so. So, regardless of your position on these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. It'll be breezy this evening with occasional rain and a thunderstorm. That'll be followed by a passing shower late tonight. We'll see a low tonight of 48. Tomorrow, very windy with intervals of clouds and sunshine. A shower in places at a high of 54. Tomorrow night, clear skies, winds gradually subsiding. There can be frost in normally colder spots, low 34. Partly sunny Saturday with a high of 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. 
this make sense? Does what make sense? Subtitles. <laughs> now, I know oh, for yeah. people who are hearing impaired that subtitles are essential. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about for people who aren't hearing impaired. Yep. People seem to have very strong opinions on subtitles. Mm-hmm. I am very, very pro subtitles. How many times you're watching just, you know, and you go, what are they saying? What they say? I, you know, I've got even got a sound bar, you know, that sort of helps to elevate the audio yeah. quality. So whether it's, you know, an accent, poor sound mixing, you name it, any number of things can get in the way. And, I, and I'm not talking about, you know, being the 98 year old man, just regular. I like subtitles, but you do lose something with subtitles in, which is while I'm reading, I'm also missing Mm-hmm. Eyes, emotion, action. So it's a trade-off. But more often than not, I say you know, subtitles make sense. Does that make sense to you? I love a subtitle. There you go. I really do. I watch a couple shows that are made in the UK. Yeah. And oh, you th- those accents are awkward. No, I can't quick. really get it. So I, I need the subtitle. I also, you know, I've said this before on the air. I love to watch particularly TV shows, but films also that are made in other countries. Sure. Once you get in the habit of just looking at the subtitle, you don't even notice it. No big deal. No big deal. I yeah. say yes. I, I totally affirm the subtitle. Well, you know, some people will go, if the film's in black and white and or it has subtitles, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, well, that's that. you're missing out on good stuff. People. All right. Does this make sense? The UFC. Uh, Ultimate Fighting Championships Mixed Martial Arts Cage Matches. Now, I'm flipping through the dial. And I'll settle. I'll go. Oh, what's this? Oh, juice! Holy smokes! Those guys are cr- what? What are those women doing to each other? So, some people love that. I've got a good friend, a good believer friend, who he thinks that's like high art. It's like opera. It's like Shakespeare. He loves this stuff. Shakespeare. <laughs> Seriously, he loves it so much. I love. I look it. at that and I go, "That's a hard way to earn a living." Oh well, that's my like brutality God. on parade. Right, man's inhumanity to man. But Listen, I get why people dig it. I do. I get it. But I don't want to watch it. I don't get why sense? people dig it. What are you talking about? Because it's, it's, it's like Roman gladiators. It's crazy town. It's okay. Crazy. It's crazy. Every time I pass by it, I despair for the future of humanity. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? What are we laughing? It's chaos. It's control. Guys, chaos. It, no, it doesn't make sense, John. I say absolutely, emphatically, no. It cannot. Subtitles make sense. That's yeah. very a feat of us. It is. We Mixed sound, martial we sound arts. like total pansies. We do. We're saying thumbs down, but hey, to each his own. One hundred one point five WORD. This week, Chuck Swindoll delivers a compelling message on dealing with demons. Do not live your life afraid of demonic influence. Do not fear the dark. As a child of God, you are equipped with what you need to do battle against the enemy. Be listening when Chuck Swindoll recounts a miraculous moment when Jesus cast out demons. This week on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. If you go to our mortgage team's website, you'll find hundreds of testimonials of real Christian radio listeners we've helped. Laura here is a recent friend who is kind enough to share a few words with her local station. 
I was actually referred to United Faith Mortgage through my mother-in-law. We decided it was time for us to start looking for a house, and I reached out to Kelly. And we found several houses we liked, but, you know, with the seller's market, things kept falling through. But anytime we needed her, she was there for us. She got everything we needed as soon as we asked for it, and she made it work. She made sure that if that was the house that our family wanted, we were going to get that house. They're a wonderful company, and we're just really blessed that we found them in the process, that they helped us get through it, and we are in the home of our dreams, and and our family is so happy. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you have to pay before closing. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Congratulations. You did it. You worked hard and saved for retirement, but now you'll have questions. Will my taxes increase? How will I cover my expenses? Will my income last? Will I have anything left to leave to my loved ones? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. I know that you need a strategy to help make sure your hard-earned money goes the distance in retirement. That's why I'm offering you a free guide designed to help you know if your nest egg can withstand the challenges of a 21st century retirement. Longer lives, increasing health care costs, and taxes are just a few of the risks to your income. Get this free guide from me, Ethan Lane, and our team at Accurate Accurate Solutions Group by calling 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Take the first step to help your money last in retirement. 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. shared on the air before, you know, pivotal experience I had when I was a, uh, an undergrad at the University of Pittsburgh and I went into my philosophy 101 class and uh, the first question that was asked by the professor is raise your hand if you believe in God. And let me tell you what followed next was not raw, raw, good for you to believe in God. It was more of a challenge to see uh, how many of us would still be a believer at the end of the semester. Um, so in a lot of ways, that kind of formed how I looked at uh, defending my faith, how I looked at, you know, the academy, uh, how I, you know, looked at learning um, and the kinds of things that are appropriate to talk about in the ways that we kind of communicate with each other. Well, our next guest had a similar experience also as a student that I'm eager to hear uh, from him about. And his name is Michael Kruger. Michael's president and professor of New Testament and early Christianity at Reformed Theological Seminary, Charlotte, North Carolina. He's also a leading scholar on the origins and development of the New Testament canon. And we'll talk more about where he blogs and where you can find more about him a little later. But for now, welcome, Michael Kruger. Well, thank you. Great to be with you, and I'm excited to talk about this subject. Excellent. It's our pleasure. So your brand new work, Michael, Surviving Religion 101, Letters to a Christian Student on Keeping the Faith in College. Now, as Kath just made reference to, take us back to your story. You're a freshman in college at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, the fall of 1989, all fresh-faced and eager, and then this person walks into your life. 
Uh, yeah, that seems like a long time ago now. But yes, I think my college experience was probably very similar to many Christians still today. I was a committed believer, trying my best to follow Christ. I showed up at UNC years ago, eager to do my best there. And I found myself in a religion class, actually an introduction to the New Testament class with a scholar who was very sharp and bright and lectured with an eye towards evangelicals and then told us that he used to be an evangelical like us. And then his own PhD studies convinced him that the Bible wasn't true after all. And that scholar's name was Bart Ehrman, who many people will recognize now as one of the most prolific uh, critics of Christianity. But back then he was just starting out. And I didn't realize that I was sitting under someone who would become one of the most famous professors in the world uh, in, in terms of critiquing the faith. And, and needless to say, it was a very tough time as I struggled to figure out what I believed and, and whether what I believed was true. Sure. Yeah. So Michael, um, I, I alluded to, to my experience as an undergrad and that it really did. It was like a seminal moment. I mean, I still talk about it all these years later. Um, that moment when that, when that professor said, put your hand up if you believe in God. And we did. And he said, well, I dare you to still believe in God at the end of the semester. So that you, you have to, you have to find a way cognitive, first of all, you find a way past the class, but you also have to find a way cognitively through that, to reason through that. So what, how did you, what was the path you took as you made your way through? Yeah, well, one of the first things I experienced when I was in that situation is just watching my fellow Christians. And there was a variety of reactions. Some Christians just pretended it wasn't happening and they just ignored it and just separated their faith from, from history. Other Christians okay. tried to compromise and find a little hybrid view where they could have both Ehrman's views and their views sort of mixed together. And then some abandoned the faith entirely. What I ended up doing was deciding, well, hold on a second. Someone in the past must have dealt with these questions, must have answered these questions. Surely these aren't new. And so I began a path down uh, towards research where I sort of probed into these issues more deeply, trying to figure out who talked about them before. And what I discovered was that Christians for generations have been dealing with these issues. In fact, since the very beginning of the church have been dealing with these issues and given very good, robust answers. And so I realized at that time that even though I didn't have an answer, there were good answers. And by God's grace, I was able to find them. And then that put me on a whole new trajectory where I ended up heading down the path of being a biblical scholar myself. Fabulous. So, Michael, in Surviving Religion 101, Letters to a Christian Student on Keeping the Faith in College, you yourself, you have a college-age daughter. So as you're writing thinking, praying as you go through the, the work to make this book, are you thinking about your daughter and what you need to tell her? Absolutely. In fact, ever since I had that college experience and then became a scholar myself, I've always wanted to write a book like this because I just realized I wish I had had a book like this when I was in college. So sure. for years and years, I planned to write it. But then as my own daughter grew uh, and got uh, admitted to UNC Chapel Hill and then started at UNC Chapel Hill, I realized that that I needed to write it, the time had come. So I sort of put a few things aside and, and wrote the book for her, but also, of course, for my other children and for anybody who's willing to read it. I hope it's a blessing because I've written it for anybody who doubts, anyone who's a skeptic, anyone who wonders if what they believe is true. And so yeah. it's obviously written for college students with my daughter primarily in mind, but it's written for anybody with questions about the faith. Right. Okay, so 1989, I mean, Michael, you know, despite what you say, it's not that long ago, but so <laughs> much has changed in American culture, right? I mean, the vitriol, the anger, the separation, and that's just between believers. I mean, um, what do you do? What's the first step into delving into intellectually, right, curiously to a richer, deeper faith so you can own your faith where before it was just your parents' faith? 
Yeah, well, I give a number of pieces of advice in the book, as you might imagine. Um, the first thing I do is I help Christian students recognize that they don't have to have all the answers to tough questions in order to be right. justified in believing. And this is a really incri- critical point. Sometimes Christians think, if I get asked a question or if I get challenged and I don't have an answer, well, then my whole faith falls apart or I have no justification in believing what I believe. And I say, no, that's not true at all. You can't expect yourself at 19 to have the ability to go toe-to-toe with a college professor. Just not having answers doesn't mean what you believe isn't true. And then the second thing I tell them is don't confuse not having an answer with there not being an answer. Just because you don't have the answer doesn't mean it's not been answered or there's not good answers out there. You just need to take the time to do the homework and go get them because your professor is not going to give it to you. Your professor is only going to give you one side of the story. you got to make sure that you take the, the extra time and effort to go find out the other side. The new book is called Surviving Religion 101, Letters to a Christian Student on Keeping the Faith in College. We're talking to author Michael Kruger. Um, Michael, what about – on our show, we often come back to this idea that when Christians engage with culture, we tend to engage in a way where we're eager to give answers instead of engaging in a culture and being willing to ask questions. And so often we end up in an oppositional um, circumstance with people who are yet to believe. What about the academy? What about, you know, living as a college student Um, and that freedom to, like you said, of course, acknowledge that you don't know anything. But what about just asking questions? Um, Does does that feel like a sign of weakness to students? Yeah, yeah. I think I think college students think if I'm a Christian, I've got to have answers for everything and I've got to be, you know, super sort of aggressive and even combative with my professors and my fellow students. I, I, I push back on that in my book. And I said, look, you don't have to, you know, raise your hand every time you hear something that's mistaken or always be sort of contrarian in every classroom setting. Look for opportunities to ask good questions to both the, the professors and your fellow students. And there's a reason for that. One is it shows respect for those we disagree with. And that's a biblical principle. But here's the other thing. The more questions you ask your non-Christian friends, the more you realize that they have to account for their worldview, too. In other words, right. it's not just Christians who are out there having to defend their faith. Non-Christians also have to defend their faith. They have a worldview. They have a system of beliefs that they have to uh, describe and defend and give account for. And so one of the points I make in the book is that when it comes to issues like morality, right and wrong and good and evil, it's not just Christians who have to account for that. Non-Christians have to account for that. They have to explain how you know something's right or wrong, moral or immoral. And as soon as you start asking questions about how they account for that, the conversation shifts. It shifts off of whether Christianity is true and now shifts to whether the non-Christian worldview is cogent and true. And that's a very helpful conversational uh, technique, and I encourage it in my book. Very good. Okay, so my, so you know, again, back to 1989, uh, and you, your experience very closely parallels Kathy's experience, where there were unfriendly uh, professors who were looking at the faith not as we do. And I, I guess it you know begs the question: What is it with the university system that they want to poke holes? And I'm not saying that they're unfriendly towards faith, but it certainly feels that way. I mean, the difference is, you know, you you had the intellectual capacity and the wherewithal to drill down into this and go deeper in your faith, my guess is, you know, a lot of students would just go, no mas, they'd walk away from their faith and maybe never come back again. Yeah, I mean, it, it, th- this is one of the challenges students face is just the, the feeling of being opposed at every turn. And one of the things I deal with in one of my earliest chapters is this feeling that Christian students uh, get in the very first months of being a student is this recognition that, wait a second, 
I'm the only one that really believes this, me and a few others. And it seems like all the other students and all the faculty all think I'm wrong. And what's the statistical chance that I'm, in fact, right and they're all wrong? And so there is a sense in which students have this little crisis moment when they realize that you know, what's the chance that I'm right and everybody else is wrong in this, this battle? Um, and one of the things I remind them in the book of, and this is really critical, is that you have to realize that people don't form beliefs just on facts. They don't form belief just on the basis of data, but they form their beliefs on preconceived worldviews. In other words, people aren't neutral. They come into the game already with the system in mind. Knowing that really does explain a lot for Christian students. That explains why there's so much hostility, explains why so few people agree with them. It also explains how, how you can sort of have a worldview that doesn't fit with reality and still believe that worldview is true. And so I cover a lot of those issues in the book as well. Well, that's terrific. Michael, I'm sorry that we're out of time because I really enjoyed this conversation. We'd love to have you on again and get into this more fully. Um, you know, as, as kids are going back to school, as you know, graduating seniors are starting to think about what their life might look like next year and on a college campus, you know, these are really important conversations to have before they take off. So thanks for being here. Very nice. Absolutely. Good to be with you. Thank you. Surviving Religion 101, Letters to a Christian Student on Keeping the Faith in College. Michael Kruger, you can find more about him online, michaeljkruger.com. Take a break. Um, If you want to smuggle something, make sure it doesn't make a lot of noise. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office choose from 100 vinyl commercial aluminum wood and composite and how would you like to never clean your gutters again for a limited time get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through june 30th all with 12 months no interest no processing fee and backed by the best warranty in the industry schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windows pittsburgh.com that is windows pittsburgh.com from executive producer and my pillow founder mike lindell come the hilarious new faith-based comedy church people with a special guest appearance from mike himself church people is a hilarious heartwarming reminder that the gospel is enough it all starts when america's youth pastor guy sides realizes he's stuck in the mega church marketing machine and wants to find his passion again but when guy attempts to get back to the heart of ministry he is thrust into the throes of dissuading his misguided church leadership from performing a strange and potentially blasphemous stunt for the upcoming Easter service while navigating his own personal problems. Church people will leave you laughing out loud while ultimately reminding you of the true meaning of the gospel. Watch Church People at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Use promo code Pittsburgh for additional savings at SalemNow.com. Hey, it's Laura Story. Alaska will truly take your breath away. If you've ever wanted to see grizzlies catching salmon or humpback whales leaping from the water, I hope you'll join Salem Media Group and our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, this summer to experience all this and more as we draw closer to the Creator for seven unforgettable days. Go online to DeeperFaithCruise.com to register worry-free until June 8th. DeeperFaithCruise.com. 
Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Hey, Pittsburgh, I'm Father Paul Abernathy, CEO of the Neighborhood Resilience Project. There's a lot to consider when it comes to your child's health, but I know getting our children vaccinated with all CDC-recommended doses at the scheduled time is important to help protect them from serious illnesses. A number of immunizations are recommended by the CDC before age two. Visit VaccinateOurChildren.com to find information on how you can get your children up to date with their immunizations. A message from the Urban League of Greater Pittsburgh in partnership with Pfizer. Imagine working in a major airport where people are coming in from overseas and your job is to help people <laughs> catch people not smuggling things into the country. What a weird catch people, full-time job. Catch people not smuggling. Yes. Or I mean, catch people also who are smuggling. People, people will smuggle all kind of weird stuff. Listen to this. 35 songbirds were discovered inside hair curlers in a man's clothing when he arrived at Kennedy International Airport this past week. Now the wait, uh, song... somebody put wait, somebody put birds inside of hair curlers? Well, a finch. They're little tiny songbirds. You ever see a finch? Yes. They're tiny. They're maybe like an inch and a half big. They were put inside hair curlers, and then the man had their hair curlers lined inside of his pants. He came in from Guyana. You've got now, to be kidding me. These are highly prized. Check this out. Uh, known for their singing ability, these finches became a valuable commodity in places like Brooklyn and Queens, where the caged birds are pitted in competition against one another, often in parks. The birds that can sing the fastest or the longest typically win, reaping not only bragging rights for their owners, but also gambling money. So people are smuggling songbirds in. <laughs> Okay. They can go for upwards of $10,000 per bird from these from Guyana. That's how prized they are. So apparently the betting must be fast and furious if someone's willing to, you know, risk all that to smuggle these birds in. So the guy who smuggled them in, he's being held for trial, uh, fined a considerable amount of money, and we'll find out as that goes forward. And he's a jerk for putting poor birds inside hair curlers. It happens all the time. I mean, I'm reading this article. I mean, they, it happens multiple times. In 2019, a Connecticut, a Connecticut man was charged with smuggling 34 finches that had been netted inside plastic hair curlers and placed in carry-on luggage. One year earlier, two men were arrested at JFK with smuggling 26 of the songbirds. So it's a thing. Have you ever been in an airport, like gone through customs when someone was trying to smuggle something? No. Have you? Yes. Listen, when I was leaving Guatemala, I was, you know, they have, you know, several different customs agents, right? Yeah, and sure. so I was, I was in line and the guy who, who, the two guys who went ahead of me, they got busted for drugs and it was like the Guatemalan government came down oh, on them. Goodness. While That's we were watching, it I'm was sure. scary as all get out. How long ago was that? Five years, four years. They probably haven't seen the light of day, have they? Probably not. Oh, but it so scared cool. the living heck out of me because my That's daughter so and I were up to customs next. Oh, hey, thanks for being with us. Podcast up and running, wordfm.com, johnandkathyshow.com. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.